Dan, have you listened to any of the podcasts yet? I listened to the um, second half of Andor. And Only the second half? Yeah, so I couldn't... Oh, I couldn't be asked to go through the I whole back half. Oh, fuck it. So yeah. I thought, I'll just, I'll just watch You're the, featured on most the majority of them. I'm on all of them. Yeah. It's not the majority. Oh, yeah, it's the majority. Well, we did a couple of early ones. That yeah, you were, series zero. Series, yeah, day dot. But 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 so but so, so, so I listened BC. to it um, as 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 I expected. Absolutely hated listening to my own voice. Everything it's not I, about you, Dan. Everything I well yeah, everything I said, I was like, just shut up. Do you get this? I was saying to um, Dan on the way here that your mind, the more you listen to your voice, your mind almost replaces, like translate, not translate, but it replaces the sound of the, what you're hearing, how you hear your sound of the voice. What? So like. The, when you first listen to a voice yeah. out loud on a recording, you're like, what the hell is this? This is an alien. This isn't me. But then mm. the more you listen to it, your mind almost replaces the sound with how you think your voice oh, sounds. Oh, I see. Because in my head... So your internal monologue what, takes over. Yeah. Because so, in my head, I've got really quite... You've gone deep, deeper there. Manly. Manly. You've gone deep. Hi, this is Dan Purchase. You're here with I've the Guild of Critics. D- deep, manly, powerful voice. Um, Dominant. In my, in like my a news reporter. But in reality, I sound. I think you have got a deep voice. I think compared to like me or Ollie. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. Quite nice, actually. Quite nice, actually. I think you have got quite a deep that's, voice. That's kind. But 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 yeah. So I, th- you know, I think we, I think we do okay. I think. Um, We've had no complaints so far. We've had listeners. Yeah. I haven't checked the analytics recently. I don't know how many uh, listeners we do have. Actually, how how long will it take you to do that? Not long. Let's have a quick um, look. Let's see. Let's, let's see. get the facts and figures. Because actually, board. before we start, it'd be good to know who we want to get our self-esteem to. up. So let's, how many let's, how many people? Well, we're or bring with. it down. Yeah. Or bring it swiftly down to the ground. Do you want to know how many downloads we've had today? Today. Oh, what, yeah. Wow. Today. How many we have? Zero. Oh. Well, it's early days. <laughs> early days. Okay. Uh, in the last 30 days? Go on. 80. 80? I don't think that's individual people. I think that's Downloads. streams. But that's got to be more than just us, isn't it? Yeah. Streams. All time, 113. It says we have eight followers, apparently. So there are people out so there. Eight individual people. We'll find them. If you're out there listening... Send us a message. It's like some sort of post-apocalyptic yeah. thing. We're like, <laughs> we're like broadcasting on like a frequency. If you're out there, no, tune in tomorrow at 114. Actually, okay, okay. go okay. to the radio tower. One of us, <laughs> hours. one of us is going to have to take an action to set up uh, a Guildcast po- Gil- um, email address oh, so that our, oh, yeah. our eight loyal yeah. uh, followers. Email hello at bbc.co.uk. <laughs> we were, you know, post-COVID, we were there for people, weren't we? We well, still are. We're still here. Still here. Don't We've worry, guys. Me. We're here. We're still here. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Guildcast. We are the Guild of Critics. Today, unfortunately, we have lost a member. Um, Not like that. Well, no, he's still alive. <laughs> I think he's still alive. No, he is still alive. Um, so today, it's just the three of us. But don't worry, he is going to drop in some little snippets mm. sprinkled throughout the show. So... Um, We'll see how that goes. Because yeah. We've had a little listen, and um, I mean, it's an ups and downs. It's a wave of, of questions, really, isn't it? Mm. In true Ollie fashion. But um, today we're going to be talking about Avatar, the way of the water, or blue people swim with fishes, as I yeah. like to call it. Or Big Avatar whales. Too. I swam real well. Um, yeah, 
So we're going to give this a good go because before we've just done TV shows, haven't we? Mm. And TV shows that we've actually been excited to watch. Whereas this is the first film. I mean, we're excited to see this film, but yeah. it wasn't like... Well, we've only waited minutes, 12 years to see it. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's of, this is a podcast of the time, not not just because we wanted to watch it. It's like yeah. everyone it's and their mum is talking about Avatar 2. So. Yeah, we're doing it for the mums. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing this episode for the mums out there that wanted it. Um, go on then, Dan. Well, before we start... No, do you don't feel, even no, do I, this. No, I want to do I was just do about you, to set you out there. Do you feel different about it being... Coming in, before we start, mm. do you feel like this will go differently compared to when we've reviewed series? A little um, bit, because I think, like, I mean, definitely with Andor, like, I was just, I wouldn't accept any criticism on that show. <laughs> I was the worst <laughs> critic ever. Whereas you... you Where's you, this? I'm going to bring it. Oh, we were the Guild it. of Critics, that episode. We were the Guild of Love It. Bubbings. That's Cumberland. Right. <laughs> Cut. Cut. <laughs> I would def. The thing is, right? Is I you say about getting cancelled in twenty years' time? I definitely will get cancelled because I, I have got nobody sensitivity. Anyway, getting cancelled for just that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I'd like quiet. to tender my resignation <laughs> to the guild. <laughs> Go. Let's get us some track then. Go on, then, Dan. Give us a quick two minute summary of what you thought the plot was of Avatar Way of Water. You say that with absolutely no confidence in me. I so thought, plot, you, yeah, you thought. You thought. You, you thought. And we'll tell you how right oh, I, I love it. I love it. We've got it. our wikis. So we're going we're gonna to... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll have a try. Um, so at the end of the first film, I think that's an important point to sort of get to, effectively, humankind was taking over this wonderful planet Pandora and raiding it for resources. But by the end of the film, Jake Sully had uh, sided with the Na'vi, who are the local people of the uh, planet Pandora, and had effectively beaten the um, humans, sent them packing, sent them home, uh, and away they went. Interestingly as well, at the end, uh, he actually became his avatar, so him in human form no longer exists. He is now solely Na'vi. Jake Sully. Exactly. Um, so so that, uh, that was all good. That was all they happy. He's happy. Future was looking bright for him. If, he, if anything, call it there. Well, yeah. End of the day. He yeah. lived a happy ever after. And in fairness, for 14 years or 12 years or however long it was, it felt like we had just called it a day there. But so he he um and his 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 new uh clan and everybody had effectively um had uh, several years of peace. He has a family now with several children, um, one of which is kind of like an adopted daughter from the uh, the avatar of the lady they lost at the first film. I've forgotten her Sigourney. name. Sigourney. Sigourney Weaver's Kiri. character. Um, so, so that's the sort of family dynamic. I, mean, I think what happens is effectively humans return in force and are expanding their operations again. And quite quickly, at the start of the film, they find that the... Um, the colonel from the first film, who we thought was dead, mm. has been uploaded now into a new avatar, and he's almost been tasked solely with take out Jake, and it's kind of a little bit personal for him as well. So there's a there's a, there's a bit of a hunt for him, and because of that, and because of some damage that's happened to you know where he lives and and the people around him, he moves or decides to leave with his family to, to sort of spare everyone else from that drama and and, and carnage. So he moves to the other side of Pandora um, to a different clan um, of of uh, people who live in the water rather than the forests. 
So effectively, they are the new people on the block. They don't know how to do anything. Feels very much like the plot of the first film because they then learn their way, um, quickly become uh, bizarrely like leaders. <laughs> um, they sort of turn up and they're like, right, let's let's crack on and we'll do good stuff. Um, so they integrate with uh, with the water uh, folk. It goes well for a time, but then they're found again, and it all sort of culminates in a big battle between um, Jake and uh, his new family and friends versus the Colonel and his old re-uploaded family and friends. And effectively, at the end, we're left with a bit of a cliffhanger in that everybody, all the main protagonists are still alive, um, sent packing their own way. Uh, and we know there's more films coming out about future battles and, and issues, I'd imagine. But in a nutshell, I'd say that's kind of... That's a good nutshell. I'd yeah? say that's a big nutshell, but it's a good nutshell. Yeah. yeah a, a good, good watery one. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Very good. Well done. Thank you. Just from listening to you talk about the, the whole story again, just brings back all the like slagging off that I did of the plot throughout the film. Mm. It's. Uh, what did you think then, Ali? The whole film in general? Yeah. The whole or... thing. Just the experience. Because I think these I mean, films are experiences, aren't they? D- uh, yeah. And I think... If you're looking at it from that point of view, then visually everything that you expect from an Avatar film and why we've been waiting for 12 years, presumably, is is down to the the graphical fidelity and all new technology and everything because it doesn't seem that different from what it was like in 2009 when the first one came out. But I suppose it's only when you look at them side by side that you realise how much has changed in 12 years visually yeah. in, the, in the cinema world versus what it was like in 2009. And even though at the time it was groundbreaking and... I think even if you look at it now, it holds up. It's only when you see the new one that you realise how incredible they've made that world of Pandora look. My sort of thoughts about it from from leaving the cinema was that there were so many points when you forget that you're watching an animated film, which I think is pretty impressive that they've done that. You know, there's lo- obviously lots of CGI up against real world acting, which was obviously the same as it was in the first film, but the, the actual CGI of the the blueness of the characters and everything is uh, really pretty. Got blue. Pretty. They, they that, got that blue hands down. Blue was just a bit more spot on than it was last yeah. time. I think a bit it was more a bit bluer. Yeah, a bit bluer, and the you know the water people were a bit greener as well. They were. Yeah. Well, they were kind of like a turquoise. Turquoise, type, yeah. Green, um, so Big the blues, arms, the blues and the greens really were were the standout points uh, <laughs> from the film. Yeah. Um, not sure about the whites and you know mm. any of that sort of stuff. But, no, no. Um, no, I think visually. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything 3D that's as yeah impressive. I mean, yeah. what else is there really to compare it to? It's like it stands out on its own from that yeah. sort of point of view. Um, did it? Did it? Was it off-putting at any time for you to watch it, knowing that you're watching a film that's predominantly free CGI? So the, the only bit so off-putting, which I think I mentioned at the time, was that the frame rate of some of the shots was really strange. So you remember back in the day when the first Hobbit film came out and mm. that they released a version of it in 48 frames a second, which was like, Disgusting. most films are like 30 frames a second or 24. So when you see them, they look like everything you've ever seen on the TV, film, whatever. When the, one of the Hobbit films came out, they released it in, I think it was the first Hobbit, released it in 48 frames a second, which supposedly is better because you see more frames and everything. And people came out of that so marmite. It was like, could not watch it. Yeah. And what's happened with this film is that they've released the whole film in 48 frames per second, but not all of the clips are filmed in 48 frames a second. So I found that there were some 3D bits that looked really, really sped up. I don't know if you found this, Dan. Hang I on, saw we, this didn't, in, yeah, but we didn't watch it in 3D. Uh, th- sorry, when I say 3D, I mean like CGI, animated oh, okay. stuff, not like 3D, 3D, 3D. Oh, right. 
It's um, enough my little blue and red glasses on. That's, <laughs> why, that's, why, <laughs> that's, why, that's why it looks so weird. Yeah, I was sat there with my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found that really jarring. I don't know whether you found the same. I saw it with you, Dan, obviously, in the cinema. But it was like some 3D bits were like really fast. And it looked a bit like, wow, it's a bit sickening. And then other bits were like perfectly fine, perfectly normal, I, and it was. I, I, personally, I think I'm I'm quite superficial, and I don't know any of the, the technical stuff. I was going to pick you up on graphical fidelity from uh, from earlier, so I don't know anything about what you're talking it's about. Bullshit. But but personally, no. Okay, um, interesting. But I get what you're saying, and I think because you you know a bit about this stuff, you'll spot it. Whereas for me, I'll yeah, just. But- I just assume my eyes are a bit shit. I spotted it. Really? Yeah, there's definitely parts of the film where... like, there's definitely People say that there's scenes which are incredible that you don't know which are CGI and which are practical effects. Which is true. Which is true. But then there are certain scenes I watched where I knew the whole whole thing was was computer rendered. Mm. And that took me out a little bit because I was like, there's some scenes which are incredible where they blended the two together. Mm. And then there seems that I could just see we're completely CGI. Yeah. Which kind of takes, I think, I mean, it all depends on on kind of what, you know, what you think of a movie is and kind of that viewing experience. And like you said, we talk about frame rates and there's certain directors that choose to, to film on old cameras to give you that kind of cinematic feel mm. of old cinema and film. This this is obviously not that. This is you know, James Cameron wants to push these films into the future and try and push the technology to its like very limit and get that. New. I mean, his ultimate goal is to create a three D film that we don't need to wear three D glasses for. Mm. Whether he achieved that in his career, I have no idea. Compared to the first one, I mean, that was groundbreaking for three D films. Yeah, this didn't have that behind it. This didn't have that kind of like brand new super tech probably you know behind the camera it did mm. there's probably some technology they used to film it that was that was much more advanced um that he's been testing out and stuff but as a cinematic experience i don't think it was there i think as a 3d film it wasn't bad i watched it in 3d it's one of the first 3d films i've watched in a long time and i actually quite enjoyed it i actually got quite used to watching it in 3d after a while but there was definitely, like you say, watching it, there was definitely some scenes with the frame rate chopping and changing. Yeah. There was some scenes that I could tell were just completely 3D rendered, which took me out a little bit. Um, mainly, actually, I think when you're just... I don't know if this is the, the setting of the film because this one is purely just water-based. And the thing is with water-based is it's just one big ocean that... Whereas when you compare it to something like The Forest in the first film, it's dense. It's like there's so much detail to everything, isn't there? Mm. Like the leaves on the tree and the creatures running around and the ground and the sky and the floating, whatever they call those, like floating rocks, mountains. There's just so much going on. Whereas with this film, it's all about how good can we make the water. Mm. It did look bloody good. It did look good. You know, just little things like, you know, splashing up on the skin of, of the of the people and everything like that yeah. little details like that droplets of water beads running down those things are what what is great was it as visually appetizing as maybe watching the first film i don't know mm. i don't know about that to me it didn't seem like it was 12 years worth of difference if that makes sense See, i watched avatar one a week before right and <laughs> watching this i was like Wow, we we have come a long, long way. Yeah, I agree. There's some video games now that are like you know 
yeah way, I, way beyond what the first one was mm. i watched it i watched the first one the night before um and actually given they're such long films that that was a mistake um but <laughs> aside from that i thought that the move from the first one to the second one in terms of improvement yeah i thought i thought it looked better yeah 100 by, by quite a margin um I also would like. I would say this. I personally think this was a better film than the first one. We talked. You said mentioned the plot and stuff. The plot bay is similar to the first mm. film. I think this was a. I think this is a better job of the first film, introducing us to the you know humans coming to the planet, taking it over for resources. I I think this is a better job of the first film. Everything just felt a little bit more sharper with it. The script writing felt a little bit more mature and a little bit more believable. I found the first one to be quite goofy in places. Some of the things that the actors, mm. the characters would say to each other, I, I thought was a little bit naff. Um, there were some real cheesy characters. I don't know if that was because it was two thousand and nine and of that of that kind of era. I suppose they didn't quite know the direction of things then as well because they were kind of introducing the world yeah. and these characters, and they didn't probably know what audiences were gonna. Yeah, see it as well because obviously it was targeted at all audiences but was it going to be more of a kids film was it going to be more of a adults film um i actually have the opposite opinion of that i preferred the first one but i think that's because i've seen the first one now going into the second one i just felt like it was too similar i think my opinion to anyone if you haven't seen either of them you could i'd say watch either of them and you'd be fine i don't think you need to watch both of them as like a series of films they almost were it's like it was almost like a reboot in a way, not a not a sequel. I sort of thought. So I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it one all between the two of you because I agree. With, I agree. I agree with you on the visuals, and I agree with you on the film. Uh, you sit right. on that bloody fence, again, Dan. The fir- yeah, I, fence I, I totally agree with that. Like the first one, it was really exciting to be introduced to the world. It's that sort of find your feet, have a positive impact. That was great, and then it does feel like it was exactly the same this time around. Yeah, and so I, 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 as I was probably looking for more or something more yeah. different. More meat on the bone. Yeah. I was looking for more meat on the bone. What would you think was the point of this film? What do you think the actual point of it was? As as part of the franchise? Yeah, just as, you know, you're James Cameron, you've got this franchise, you're putting this film out, what is it, 14 years later? Yeah. yeah. What do you think his his aim of it was when he released it? I think it's I think it's reintroduce um Pandora. Add in a few more characters, which I think they've done. Reset the baddies, being the humans and <laughs> the colonel and all that them. sort of stuff. And I think tee up now some stuff that will be carried through the franchise. So I mentioned earlier the sort of mysterious birth of Kiri Sully, who is Jake's adopted daughter. We, we don't really get any answers on that. Yeah. So I think that's something <clears> we'll go through. You've got Spider's relationship with... Um, uh, colonel. The colonel, who's now an avatar, says, "Oh, I'm not that person." But they've obviously got something going on, some sort of love for each other. So, it's like his dad, isn't it? Yeah, basically. and like you know, Spider, who is the human who spent a lot of time with Jake and his family growing up. It's will he turn his back and go back to wanting to work with the humans, almost, mm. and like you know, sort of betray um, Jake and everybody. So, there's, I, I think it's teeing up for future films. And I wonder whether or not that's why it felt so plot light, because yeah. it was kind of a, it's been a long time. Yeah. Set it back up, and we'll, we'll go in again. It yeah. feels like what what must have happened is that they made the first film, 
then at the time everyone was saying, oh, like second one's going to be ages to come out. I reckon what happened is they got halfway through development of the second one and then realized they might as well just wait until yeah. technology had made that next leap mm. and sort of reboot it again. Because it's almost like Avatar 1 was like the experiment. It was like the pilot. And then now Avatar, the way of water is, is now the beginning of the new like series of Avatar films. I don't, I sort of think you have to treat them as two separate entities yeah, in I mean, a way. Do you think that worked against him in like saying that he wanted to wait until the next technological breakthrough? I think the problem, that, breakthrough. the problem that this film has, which obviously it maybe hasn't because of how well it's done in the cinema, but I think after waiting for something for that long, the expectation for it was so high that it could only mm. either hit it or be a complete failure. I, I, love how, I love how we're sort of going, oh, you know, worried about how well it's doing. Is it, is it on track to be the oh, highest grossing film I mean, ever? It's, it's, doing, it's doing really good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was always going to do really it good. It was always going to do well. Yeah, take it away from because, all... of the, because the audience is like, yeah. who, who yeah. can see this film? I mean, Literally everybody. But take, you... take away from all this highbrow stuff. Sorry, one last thing on what I think James Cameron was trying to achieve. It was probably just to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck ton of money. Yeah, basically. A whale. What are the whales called in this? The what, They're not whales. Don't call them whales. Oh, the... um. Oh. Basically, that side, if that could hold money, that's what he was trying to make. Right? Yes. Mm. Um, I will say one thing on the, the that's just come to me now is if the first film had done what this film had done, which introduced us to a, a brand new set of characters, put some more breadcrumbs in, like Kiri's parents and all these kind of like questions that we have, mm. and then also did the same with Colonel Shepard, is it? Is that his name? The bad guy. Corich. Uh Yeah, Colonel Corich. Um Colonel Shepard. Yeah, it was close. <laughs> you know where that's from, don't you? What's Colonel Shepard from? Oh, MWT. Uh, Halo. No, Call of Duty. Is it Shepard? Yeah. Anyway, if they had done that, creating him to be this kind of bad guy that's going to not, not basically, he's going to be around for, yeah, yeah. for the entirety of this franchise. Yeah. And we had to wait 14 years this film wouldn't have paid off because we would have been waiting to get answers to those questions. And 14 years later, there's no way that that would have paid off. So what the first film did, is, like you say, it was a pilot setting up this world. It had a start, middle and finish, job done. Yeah. This film, however, I don't think we'll be waiting 14 years for the next one. No, but it's I think two years. Now that he's set the almost, I mean, because the next one's going to be set in Fireland or whatever. He is... <laughs> he is <laughs> It's too easy, isn't it? He is literally set, uh, set the set cow. alight the trail now, isn't he? And I think now he's got it going. You're, you're, you're right, and I think that there's such a lack of breadcrumbs in the first one, yeah. And that's why they have to do the weird sort of back solving with Colonel yeah, Porridge. They do the retcon thing of like, oh, he died, but he didn't die. Do you think that so was his here. plan? No, he always, no. no. I think. I think that's fourteen years of of thinking of a story. Yeah, I, th yeah. I think. I it's think a retcon thing. I think. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a bit bullshit, to be honest. Did you enjoy it? As a story thing, I think I think if I put my cards on the table visually, like I, I enjoyed going to see the film. Yeah, did I think it was a good plot? Absolutely not. I thought it was pretty shit. Actually, yeah. this one, yeah, yeah. If I'm awful. on, if I'm honest, it wasn't. It was like us three sitting down and making the plot for a film. Yeah, like we could have done as good a job writing that plot. That's a bold, that's a bold claim. So I, genuinely, I could write the plot now for Avatar three, so, and I think we do a good enough job. So, this so is, James Cameron, going back to this. Email address. We'll set. We're going to set yeah, that yeah. one up. Yeah, yeah. us an email, and, uh, mate. James, sing it. Send it over, mate. We've Come got on, it, James. Right. Come on, James. Um, um, so this brings you on to the next point. Then 
is if the story wasn't important to the film, what was important? And I think this was a a kind of an environmental publicity stunt in a way of showing, you know, what can happen to the planet when we abuse it effectively. Uh. And I think that this will carry on through through the rest of the films in which we go from forest land to water to fire to all these, to, to all these different <laughs> I elements. I love how we just accepted that fire all the elements. Is the next, all he, the elements. I, yeah, I think he has confirmed that though. I think he has confirmed it, that the next one will be Fireland. But then is You'll he be just gonna, is he No, just I'm being keep, serious. You've no, got to be joking. No, no, I'm being serious. I am being serious. Don't they look at me. They I've have, got they no have idea. honestly. You can Google it while we're chatting. Right. Um, it's just... Oh, so just, is, you know this, what, you is know, this a way of, of him... Because obviously he's a vegan. He's obviously... I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't like, know why I'm doubting everything you're saying at the minute. What, are you going to Google his James Cameron vegan? That's what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that he obviously wants to put a message out there of environmental impact. Mm. And I think to him... He wants to showcase these worlds, and the story actually comes second to that. Well, the story most definitely comes second to whatever yeah. he's done because it's us. But the 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 problem I have with it now is that he could just keep churning these films out and moving on to the next element. Like, oh, it's fire next. Let's do rock after that, yeah. and then maybe we'll do I don't know ice. Afterwards, I'm, we'll not, ex- I'm not accepting ice this. Is definitely, <laughs> ice is definitely coming. 100 percent ice is definitely. Yeah, this is what I mean. So, what sort of what is this then? Are we just going to have to turn up to the cinema every two years to yeah. watch the next elements yeah. of people? Well, this is this is exactly the reason why I don't like Marvel films because there's no substance. There's to no it elements in Marvel. It's just purely like look at some nice visuals and and like a weak storyline that doesn't get me as a as a watching a film. No, I think that, I think it, that's what it, it is. It really doesn't grab me at all. I think that's a little bit what this one is. But going back to your point about what what the message might be. It sounds a bit like Keith Lemon. What's the message? Mm. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of... I do think there's the environmental angle. And I'll be honest with you, we kind of said this off air a little bit, but well, I'll, I'll say it again. Basically, humankind is going into a luscious, wonderful planet, amazing environment, and destroying it to take resources. Yeah. And the parallel is, well, that's exactly what we're doing to our planet with mm. the rainforests and, you know, I mean, that's lazy, but, you know, the ice caps melting, all this sort of stuff, like we're destroying the most amazing parts of our, our world. I think the reason this is quite powerful is that the inhabitants of that environment in this film are humanoid. They can speak and communicate. So you sort of get, a, oh my goodness, this is so unacceptable. We're destroying families, these people's family and their family. Whereas, you know, I think what they're trying to say is just because they're not human and that's other species on our planet that is the damage we are doing currently yeah so you well know, it's displacement isn't it yeah ha- it's, yeah it's yeah, how, dis- yeah exactly exactly so i think the message is how how bad are we but, and we're doing he, it what he does well with this is what he, his big his big way of showing the connection between mother earth and humans hmm is they can literally connect to every living organism and every kind of part of the world, can't they? Telepathically. Oh, yeah. With their with their ponytails. With their ponytails. Um <laughs> which which is a visual is is a visual way of showing that, isn't it? We can we can see them actually physically connecting to the world. Whereas like obviously us, we have certain people that are more connected to the earth 
in the way that they... Well, the thing is, is my hair is not long enough to, to put up be. against the tree. But I wonder whether or not if I grew, grew, a, ponytail, if I grew a ponytail and, into a and, tree and... and offered it up to some sort of willow or something, yeah, whether would, or not I would take it. Whether or not I'd get, <laughs> I'd get some sort of connection. <laughs> oh, well, I know what we're going to do after this. There you go. We're like, we'll pick that up in you six months' You could grow one time. by the time the next Avatar film I think I, I think by the time... 40, the t- 14 years. I think the time it would take me to grow a ponytail, I'd be bold by that point. So, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but on that point about the environment and everything, do you think rendering this film with probably the thousands of computers that it took to render it is you know, the best way to talk about the environment. Well, yeah, but it's kind <laughs> I'm of... I'm sure the amount of electricity it took to make this film was probably a lot more than any other film in history. I no, I think, I think I think you're right, but then... Do you if want you... a man just to rewind up camera, just filming... The... Well, you know what I mean, just though. Go into the rainforest and yeah. film Avatar. No, but I think I think that you're, you're right. It would, have, it would have, <laughs> have an absolutely disgraceful carbon footprint. Yeah. But, but... I suppose the message. If you, yeah, if you can reach, you know... Millions. I don't know how many and people watch three billion dollars at the same time. Are they going to put any of that money towards oh, yeah. do, do I think, forestry? Do I think commission? Do I think James Cameron is solely doing this for the environment? Absolutely. Do you not. think he's a member of the National Trust? Do you think he'll <laughs> put any of this money towards <laughs> the uh, National Trust? <laughs> the, money, the profits are going to go towards the uh, environmental society. Do you reckon the start? I, just of, I reckon the start of Avatar of National Trust. I reckon the start of uh, Avatar Three <laughs> will just start with um, we just start with uh, David Attenborough. Yeah. I want to think that James. Cameron's own member of the National Trust so he can park for free Monday to Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might get Attenborough then. This is Pandora. <laughs> do you think he make a cameo? Could do. Well, not, Should he's do. got 14 years to Well, he away. might not be around by the time the next mm-hmm. one comes up. Um, anyway. We're going we're gonna to have to do it, boys. We're going to have to play all these clips. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Hello, guys. Hope the podcasting is going well with this new edition for Avatar 2, The Way of the Water. Now, I'll start with a bit of light questioning. Don't want to go too deep. Is he a police officer? So, racism. Um, there has <laughs> been a a little bit of controversy about the second film. Just a little bit. About cultural appropriation and racism um, for the film. Um, basically making comparisons with how the Native Americans were treated um, all those years ago. Um, and basically, yeah, the basically, in essence, the white messiah complex, which is basically white men comes in to save all or try to take over. Um, now, I personally, without seeing any of the controversy before, did feel a little bit like... Um, like the more simple uh, folk were living their lives and then white man comes in, tries to save all. Um, just thought if you felt a little bit like that at all during the movie, go. Thank you, Ollie. That was Ollie um, sending a message in to the group on <laughs> White Messiah. He sent it to P.O. Box, Guildcast. Remember, you can as well. And um, we'll drop the um, email address in the link below. Yeah. Let's just put this plainly out there. Us three are, we're not the people. We're not racist. We're, 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 we're not, not racist. But we aren't the people to, to talk about this, are we? We we are all very privileged in our situations that, you know, we've not been affected by anything of these subjects. 
But it is interesting to to note if we any of us did, you know, feel any the same sort of feelings as what Ollie felt when mm. he watched it. It might sound sort of uh, arrogant, not arrogant, that's the wrong word, ignorant of ignorant. me to say that I didn't <laughs> see any of those threads at all. Yeah. you. I think about it in the film in terms of it's people invading a planet to take all their resources. I don't, I didn't see that as a racist thing. I saw it as like, this is something that happens on our planet. Pillaging. Yeah, it happens on our planet, but not necessarily. I didn't see it as like blacks v whites or blues v whites in this scenario. But then I guess with like colonialism and stuff like that, that was never a race thing. That was just purely people. It's just they want the resources. Wanting it and then they, they, they they, they saw people as resources. Yeah. And and we, we massively abused that, didn't we? Yeah. And that is what this film sort of does. They haven't actually stepped into that territory where they're starting to actually use the Navi as a workforce. No, exactly. It's but not, if, but, I, but I do wonder if that is potentially coming up in the next sort of films that could be. Well, that would yeah. be pretty heavy if it did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, I, I think that'd be really, I think that'd be really heavy. I'd be surprised if that's the way they take it. To be yeah. honest with you. For, for, for me, as I sort of said before, the, the only message or statement I was getting from this was environmental. But... You know, yeah, yeah. That the might be, that's just that's only like, through my eyes. Yes, yeah. we did mention briefly off air, though, didn't we, with accents and the use of accents? To, what, what, what did you think? What did you think of that, Dan? Because they've all got a mixture of accents, haven't they? All the different characters. They don't. They don't all. All there's some South African, obviously American. Um, Sam Wilmington's Australian, and he keeps his accent quite. Not heavy for it. I, I I think they've just kind of like they've they've found actors to to play the parts, and it's kind of like just don't worry about it. Yeah, th- th- this this um world is not it's not you know it's not a James Bond film where everyone needs no. to be British or it's not. Do it's, you do you think they're trying to represent a certain group of people though when they show like these different societies and 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 um. Uptown folks and people. I, I, I think I think my my I don't even think about it on that level. No. I, I think it's more just a, actually we can just crack on and don't worry about trying to match up accents or anything because yeah. we're in a we're in an alien world. It's not like we're trying to convince people they're in you know fifteen um, hundreds Britain or anything like that. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like just why would you need to marry up accents? And actually, it's quite nice to hear a range. And I suppose there is yeah. I just. I think it was just sort of like just crack on yeah. and just be you. Yeah. I think it was extent. that tribal element of it as well because they are effectively tribes, yeah. not civilizations, aren't they? They're, mm. they're native <laughs> colonies. So I think what they're tr- trying to do is tap into what our own references are of tribes, which is generally African accents. Yeah. And that's probably why they've gone with you know the South African I think that's accent. where the problem lies, but, though, is because they're, they're kind of following the same Hollywood tropes, aren't they, of like, you know, there's a... There's that generalizing, great, yeah, generalizing and getting us to like, oh, they must be tribal because they all have African accents mm. or, or or whatnot. Um, I know this is completely off topic, but Black Panther did it um, with Neymar, the the main villain of that film, and they did something quite interesting where they use South American um, kind of history in like the way that the Spanish came and basically colonized them and made made turn them all to slaves. They did that in a way, and they used that as a as a way of. They didn't shy away from it. They showed it, it was it, but it was a way of showing that that's the, how the character became him. So, I think if you're going to do it, you do it more like that. 
is that obviously mm. you can't with this film because it's a fantasy film. It's set in a fictional planet and a fictional world. But also, James Cameron is trying to get us to reference certain aspects of this planet with our own planet and what's going on with today's world. And I think that's where the line sometimes blurs because we we kind of join the dots up in our head, don't we? We mm. kind of see like you know people of this world that are struggling at the moment due to displacement and environmental impact. Mm. And that's also what's kind of going on in this film. And I do think that this will be the current theme that will go through all of these films is, is us paying a massive impact and moving these people and having to make them shift from their homes and settlements and having to adjust their lives. There's also the good, the good bit about the whaling in this. That's like a brand new feature mm. to this film, mm. isn't there? There's so, so there's the gut, there's the, the government army that's basically enforced on the planet to strip them of their resources where they're mining or I don't know what they're doing mm. I think they are mining aren't they yeah um, but then there's also so private unob- unobtainium no what's oh, that it's a ridiculous obtainium unobtainium that's cringeworthy isn't, it? isn't yeah. that what um, what uh, Wolverine's got attached to his skeleton oh anot- anotanium oh anotanium maybe he got it off Pandora yeah maybe yeah um but then there's like private organisations like these whaling companies mm. that are there purely yeah. for profit on their own back. Um, and that's a little bit different in the sense that they're kind of set, they are working with the the army. Yeah. But they're also there off their own back as well <clears throat> in the way that they're kind of, what are they doing? They're kind of like extracting the whales out. We're going to just call them whales because frankly, yeah, can't they are whales. I can't remember they? the name, yeah. They're extracting them away from their... They've got... So every year or every season, they come and meet with the... The Na'vi, yeah. The Na'vi. They share a connection. They bond. They talk about memories and what's happened in the yeah. last season. This uh, is the whales you're talking about. This is the whales. Just to clarify, not yeah. the whalers themselves. They no, come. they don't come. They, <laughs> yeah. they don't come out of a chin bag. Yeah. And then, and then they will see the whales then disperse and go back out and migrate. Yeah. And that's when the whalers... Target them, tar- tar- target them. They get that liquid out of their brain yeah. that's worth more than like, which eight, is pretty, eighty million pretty, stop aging. Yeah, yeah. Say in the film, which is pretty, uh, it's pretty horrific stuff, isn't it? When they mm. capture the baby one. I mean that that whole message to me is way more impactful and kind of relevant than the environmental side, or maybe not way more. That's probably a, an exaggeration, but that sort of thing, you look at that and that's you see that as like, yeah, that's happening all the time but, on, yeah. on this but, planet. But I think that that is, that is an environmental message, isn't it? It's it's all the impact that humans have on uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. the that's, rest yeah, of the world what around. What I mean is that's more of like the animal environmental yeah, 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 side yeah. rather than the kind of forestation. But it's all connected, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Kind of and this things. brings us all to this whole like connection of like us and Mother Earth. You know, how we interact with this planet. Do we just take from this planet or do we share this planet? And at, that, and at the moment, all we do is take, don't we? Yeah. We take all of its resources on a day-to-day basis. This film is to show us that these people live at one with the planet. And they share everything with the planet. Mm. They give back as much as the planet gives back to them, which is something that we, we obviously we don't do. But I think that's the message is just to get us to think, isn't it? Mm, yeah. In our day to day action. Yeah. And change the way we look at it. Like animal agriculture with the mining of the, not the mining, 
they are literally mining the wells, but like you know, yeah, capturing the cool. wells and drilling their heads out and yeah. stripping it for for a quick buck. It was quite tough. Like bearing in mind, yeah. this was like CGI yeah. and it's not yeah. real. It was quite a tough watch, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched it with my girlfriend, and uh, she's like humongous animal lover, and she was choked up during the whole thing. Okay, well let's 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 move on to something a little bit more different, which is something that I actually really enjoyed about the film was the action sequences. I thought they were really good. And uh, I know James Cameron's obviously Terminator and whatnot, so he can do decent action scenes. But especially in the last quarter, mm. I thought the gunfights and the and the fight scenes mm. were like top notch, yeah. really good. Like it didn't feel like watching a kind of like lukewarm watered down kids action film at all it, it, it yeah, did feel like hardcore. a proper decently well shot and um I always the think bullets felt they hit like you know they were hitting the people and stuff yeah. i always think it's good when you see characters running out of bullets and having to pick up another gun from yeah like a, from like somebody that they've killed because i'm like well there's an element of realism yeah there, like, exactly yeah. You know, from film. all the gun battles I've been involved in. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those guns you picked up on head <laughs> the, um, the film was three and a quarter hours long, and I suppose it took about two hours to get to any real action for that last sort of 45 mm, like minutes. like a train period. heist, didn't we, in the start of the film? Train heist? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that's, so that was a bit of action. And then it kind of quietened down again, and the pacing kind of just about kept itself going after that. But then it was, yeah, that last sort of 45 minutes when the big mothership finally turned up and found the water village and everything. And then that's when the real good 45-minute battle action sequence sort of happened. Yeah. There is an element of it, though. And I, I agree, the battle was amazing and you obviously needed there to be a reason for the battle. But for God's sake, if Jake just looked after his bloody kids, you know, then none of this would have happened. Yeah, there's like, not the, too many of them. There's, though, like, there's absolutely no four, parental, were, one, no parental one responsibility of, there. Every time you look, one was getting captured, <laughs> one was getting, I don't know, the, the, the amount of kids that were getting dispersed everywhere. Yeah. It's like, there's no way this dad is going to be able to, like... Well, he had the one kid that... You can't even look out the, the uh, supermarket. He was, mates, <laughs> he was mates with the whale, so he kept dipping off to see his he girlfriend. Did. He did. Who finally got his, you know, he got his contribution at the end when he came and saved everyone. Yeah. But, um... And did you yeah. guys like the, uh, the very, I mean, James Cameron got to flex his Titanic muscles again, didn't he? Oh, the, yeah, the, with the, water, the, the water. Which I thought in. was really good. You know, mm. the, I, I, I think that was great when, when you watch Titanic and, and all the people on third class when they're down at the bottom and they, there's no way of them getting out and the water's just filling up from the hull. You liked that, did you? I really liked that. It really, I thought. <laughs> so when you said that, it was like, fur, I really you know, treat them like <laughs> when they were drowning. Oh, it's just That's, unbelievable. It's like beautiful. Um, but we got to see that again a little bit, didn't we? With yeah. kind of like them getting trapped in the bottom and no way out. No way out. No way out. And then you were, and then you were, you well, were, you were disappointed when they, yeah, when they got out. Yeah. And then obviously, um, Kiri. The, yeah, Kiri kind of is is like an interesting character through the whole thing. She's got like a deeper. She was like a Jedi of the, of the, of the, of the, the truth, wasn't she? She's got a really high. Um, is it midichlorian level? <laughs> yeah. Really, she had, like immediately as soon as she got in the water, there was like fish like swimming around with her, and yeah. you could yeah. tell she had some sort of like connection deeper. And that's the whole mystery of the sort of this film is like we don't really know how she's come about. Really, she's been. She's like her mum was basically like Mary, yeah, who got pregnant through no <laughs> yeah. means other than I guess when she got reborn through. Well, Awa, well, she got reborn, her avatar was pregnant. That's what I mean. When they yeah. found when they found her so, avatar because at the end of the last film she died, didn't she? And then A were like 
brought her back they to tried. life. They brought her avatar back to life and her body got absorbed into the planet. I don't think they brought her avatar no. back to life. Was that not it? They tried no, to bring they've tried to connect her to av- her yeah. avatar, but it didn't work. So, so you know you know how basically they, they went to the, the tree. To Awa's tree. Yeah. And they transferred Jake's mind from his human body into his avatar. Which is literally the last thing you see. Exactly. They first tried to do that with Sigourney Weaver's character, yeah. forgetting the name. And and it failed. Yeah. So I think at some point they've kept the avatar body that yeah. was hers in put it back in one of those tanks. Yeah. And tank. that has get that gave Ava her. Was like, yeah. yeah. There's no there's no what there's no nobody home. Yeah. So it's almost like she's Is Awa the, of... the dad? No, I was gonna say is she <laughs> I was gonna say is she is she like a representation of Awa? Like Well yeah. Basically yeah, she's yeah. she's like not to use the same you know, so in all seriousness, like, not, I think you, I think you're agreeing. She's like, yeah. you're not to use, not to use the, the same dad, reference, yeah. but ba- no, not Awa's the dad. Awa is like God, and she is very much the Jesus character of this film. She's like the, di- be- she's like the, uh, you know, yeah. So and Jake the is of, the, um, Joseph. He's, he's Joseph. He's Joseph. <laughs> he's, just he's, Joseph. Use- he's just fucking useless, isn't he? As a character, he's dull as dishwater, isn't he? Who Jake? Yeah, really? Oh man, he they do they do a little bit of a better job to flesh him out. He's now got like a purpose in this film. He's got kids, you know. Yeah, he's got a reason. In the first film, I just thought he was just dull as anything. Oh, interesting. Like it, honestly, Sa- like, Sam Worthington, don't email him. Yeah. yeah. Can I say as well? Not as an actor. I just mean as a character. Like if they if they killed him off in the first film. I would have felt nothing. Mm. He didn't have enough. <laughs> I, he, he, I know what you mean. He would. He wouldn't have had any impact to the story. That everything would have still carried on. I know he united the people and they fought back and they they eventually won the fight. But they could have found someone else to do that. Yeah, there must have been another legitimate fighter of the group. That yeah, could have bought them. Na- uh, what's her name? Natiri is a is she, a much better. She gets fighter really che- warrior. She gets really cheated. I think in this film. In what way? Like she's just got nothing to do. She does a few like badass kills and stuff. At the yeah. end, she gets quite angry, you know, because obviously her son and she's got and obviously you know she's yeah her son gets killed and whatnot. But so she sort of takes on the vengeance, doesn't she? Which that's the first time we actually see her with a bit of spice. Yeah, because for the first like half of the film, she's just a mum, and it's just like also what I was quite funny was like there's like this whole like um, like oh that's just my miserable wife thing going on sort of <laughs> like when they come to the way of the water land and jake's shaking hands with the 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 leader of that clan yeah and then the two wives like look at them look at each other and like they like hiss yeah it's a bit like, like, a like cat. Sass going yeah on. and then both jake and the other guy like this like tired of like that's just our wives by the way and they spend that first half of the film like the two wives like having like a bit of like anger each other with the two guys like trying to like you know settle it and I just thought this is this is this is a bit much now I don't know why it sprung to mind because it's got nothing to do with any of that yeah but you know um Jake in the first film got the uh the special um dragon bird thing oh yeah oh uh, yeah that was like um, really powerful yeah. Yeah. yeah and then like, and then he too. and then he decided that actually thanks very much but we don't need you anymore yeah, how, much, how badly do you think he was? I, I genuinely thought it was going to come back. In, yeah, in I the thought, film, I thought, I thought like for sure because what's his name? They call it. He's got a name now, Jake. He's like this um, special warrior. He's got yeah. like a, a name that's like legendary kind of name to Macto because he conquered this bird. But surely the bird now is like yeah, should, he, he can call on that any time. He should have kept it. Like, Instead, should, he's riding these real. weird bloody crocodile things. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this, this crocodile, part crocodile, part seahorse or something. 
And they're just fucking ten of pennies, yeah. aren't they? They're uh, like they're just yeah. common as muck. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's got they're no special. Like anyone could ride that. Yeah, Even though the the leader of the new clan, he'd heard of Jake before. He knew who he was. So obviously, like word spread about it. But yeah, you yeah. think he'd turn up with like some what happened something to else that, that bird thing? He, he just he go. just sent it off on its way. Yeah, but this it, is it'll what be I mean. Back like, in, how, it'll be back in. How three, useful would that have been? Well, yeah, in this one, great big unbelievable because they're all expecting you know an attack from water. And yeah. they all played into the hands of the humans. If the, if Did all of a sudden there'd have, have been some there'd have been some air support. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, you could dial in an airstrike. Oh, Colonel that. had yeah. air support, didn't he? He 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 conquered the birds. Didn't he did, he? and for some reason, so he had birds, but they had seahorses because they'd moved on from the birds, hadn't they? They'd gone to the water area, which the birds would have been a nightmare around that sea area. There, they'd have been pecking all the yeah, the fish would have been eaten. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was better off yeah, just yeah, yeah, them yeah. off. But they got there with birds, though. They flew there. Yeah, they so were the like, birds you, were around there. The birds were like licking their lips, and, and Sully was I, like, no, no. I'd like to correct myself because I think Nateri never gets on board with the like alligator, crocodile, seahorse no, things. She's very She resistant. sticks with her bird. She's yeah. very woodland, isn't she? Can I like go back to also? You can't. So, Jake Sully, to start the film, he's like, Right, got a great family and stuff, but yeah. the sky people are coming back. Oh no, it's happening again, right? Sky people are coming back. We don't want to uh, cause any trouble to our beloved clan that we've been here for 14 years. We've, mm. You know, we've set up a family, all mm. this kind of stuff. We don't want to like, Jake Sully was like, I'm a sky person, but I've come here and I've brought all this trouble. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go, we're going to leave you, you alone. Yeah. But instead of us just going and like, keeping ourselves to ourselves we're gonna go and fuck up this entire yeah. new yeah. clan who were just peacefully like yeah. living their lives kept out of it kept yeah. out of it but you know what we're gonna bring all of this to their door because they deserve it they deserve to have a bit of trouble so we're gonna turn up and say look guys we're running away from the sky people we've already I fucked don't over think, one clan yeah we've we just came this fucking my wife's lost her there. dad yeah and we've lost um, the tree they're following us but i don't th- i don't think they're gonna find us can we like lay low here for a bit if i was the leader of that clan i'd be like are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, get out. Your name is mud around Yeah. There. And I think interestingly, kind of the he... wife of the clan leader, she was the one that finally gave the go-ahead, didn't she? She was like, fine, let, yeah, let, but, let but, stay. But their, 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 first, their first thought was... Get the head out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, this is where the, they the, 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 the whale storyline comes in, though, doesn't it? It gives them a reason to fight, because obviously the whalers are... Uh, but again, they didn't. They, if, if Sully had never turned up, well, they were happy to they sacrificing have... a whale even every season. No, no. That. But what I'm saying is, like the sky people would never have come to them. The the war would never have been brought to their door. No, but the whale the whalers were there, weren't they? They were. They. But were that was stripping. a small. I mean, that's a small. <laughs> that's one whale uh, to. A... Yeah, but that's one problem. But it, but then suddenly halfway but through what, the film, but what I mean is, it gives them a reason to fight. Because, like you say, if the way if the whalers weren't there. Then what the we're thinking of Bob Marley. If they weren't jamming, the yeah, world, <laughs> then, then, but yeah. it was just that was another big plot thing that for me suddenly, then halfway through the film, the clan leader's like, Oh, the sky people are here, let's go, let's like get all get everyone yeah. going, go to war. And it was like, yeah. Well, none of this would have happened if Jake Sully hadn't turned up. So, uh, this it, is it what really, it the, really just annoyed him. me. Just fucking kill him, he's, he's done nothing. But cause destruction. Exactly. I mean, this when we first see Jake Sully, he's in a wheelchair, drinking his sorrows away, mm. and like within like y- a few years, he's like, I mean, what a life change! What a complete. It's almost like I expected to see him with like a, a wife beater on at the start of the film because <laughs> the way his relationship with Nateri is now is like he just fucking tells everyone what to do. He's got his kids calling him like, "Yes, sir. Sorry, sir." 
like he's some sort of trying to make them more military and stuff. She's like a really miserable wife. Yeah. I just expected to see him with like a can of Stella and a wife beater <laughs> on, like bossing his kids around. Yeah. You know, Trailer like, like he's like he thinks he's still <laughs> like the sergeant. Right, stop, right. Let's, <laughs> let's <laughs> not agree. <laughs> Sorry, Sam Worthington. If there's any consolation, I think you're a great actor. You've I'm not slagging him off. I'm slagging <laughs> off the plot of the film. It was shoddy, shoddy, awful. Should we play? Should we play the next clip for oh. Molly? That's two bits that need cutting out now. Well done, Mars. <laughs> it's more lively than talking about frame rate. I'll tell you that much. Right here we go. If you were caught by the Avatar folk <laughs> and you were sentenced to death, but sentenced to death by Snoo Snoo, <laughs> would you be happy or sad? Ali will explain. Now, if you could see right, Dan right now, I think his head, I think his head a, is in his hands. I think there's <laughs> his a, whole life is flashing before him. Basically, there's gonna, <laughs> there's just gotta be a big old chunk <laughs> yeah, cut out. Go on, Ali. Should explain we, the reference to Ollie's message. Are we doing? Are we actually doing this? Yeah, I think we can. We can be mature. Or should we just go we, to the no, we can one. be sub- mature and sensible. Well, I thought the this. last bit was quite mature. That was just my opinion. What, what, what? I didn't call them gypsies as well, can I just say? <laughs> that was you. God, stop, I'm gonna have to, I'm, stop bringing the... I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this episode. Right. It's terrible. Right. right. Anyway. Um, so Ollie's <laughs> reference... <laughs> so hang on, hang on. Hang on. Let's, let's, bit, let's bin the second one about shagging the aliens. No, because I think it is worth talking about. And let's do the third one. Uh, Ollie's, Ollie's point of saying... Well, go on, explain the reference. The reference is to Futurama, and there's an episode in Futurama where... I think it's Fry and Zach Brannigan get captured by this. They're on this planet. They get captured, and the the planet is full of strong women, basically, but they're quite attractive as well. And they <laughs> just keep it simple. They get hung up on the wall, and yeah. basically, they tell them they're being sentenced to death. And they're like, "Ah, oh, it's death by Snoo Snoo," and Snoo Snoo is basically sex. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be sentenced to death by sex. Sorry, I was looking at you in the eyes quite quite a lot there while you kept saying that, um, and I felt uncomfortable. So it's one of them where it's like, well, you're going to die, but you're going to have sex with... So what's uh, Ollie's point? I don't think he has a point. I think he has a question. (laughs) I don't think he has a point, no. His question is, if you were captured by the Na'vi and their way of sentencing you to death was by Snoo would that be... Would you be happy with that, or would you be... (laughs) I'm going to put a slightly mature spin on this, and I'm going to say... Do they sexualize the character, the characters in any way? I don't think they do. Okay. I think the most you get is a bit. <laughs> no. I think, I think the <laughs> for most. The you... record, there you go. For the record, for the record, I think the no. most you get is a bit of like side boob from Nateri. <laughs> here, here, here we go. Right. Here we go. Right. Here we go. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're exactly right. And actually, if not, we'll and actually, I've on. seen people cut clips of like certain angles and camera shots of the characters and yeah. I think there is some like weird group out there that do get off to the Na'vi yeah and I think that they they do sexualize them in a certain way I don't know if I'd say sexualize but there's definitely like they could have covered them up more than they did is, yeah is generally what I would say so like even it. everyone all the characters they're all basically wearing nothing aren't they they're all showing like they're kind of like yeah which for the men is like more attractive not parts, as a big deal they? as it is for the women though Really, let's be honest. Yeah, but they're quite like built guys and stuff, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but 
again, the the way of the world is that it's not as way big a deal. The, it's not as big a deal for men as it is for women. Yeah. But for a film that what was the rating? PG. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a bit more like so skin. Too much bit, more, bit more skin than you'd expect to see in a PG film. And I don't remember it being like that in the first film. When so you on this note then, Kiri, were, you, were you offended by Winnie the Pooh? Because effectively, Winnie the Pooh... He's got he's a bloke. He's got yeah, but he's, he's, he's wearing a t-shirt, but he's freeballing it on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, but you don't see his like balls hanging out, do you? I'm saying with this, you saw like obvious side boob. Obvious. It Obvious. was though. Do it you was. Find I'm it, not wrong. Do you find I'm it weird when you see Kiri, who's a young girl, being voiced by Sigourney Weaver, who's like a 60 year old woman? Yeah. And do you find that weird? I found it weird in as much as I think they could have probably adjusted the pitch of the voice a little bit just to make it. Because online, like people seem to be literally raving about her performance. And saying, like, how good of an actor she really is, that she can portray a 14, 15 year old girl. I mean, she is a fantastic actress, one of my favorite actresses. But really? I don't, yeah. Well, no, Aliens, like one of my favorite films. So, it's hard not to, not to, uh, but. Did James Cameron do Alien? He did the second one. Oh, yeah. Um, That's how they met. I, I assume so. Yeah. I mean, she, that was her first film ever, was Alien, basically. Or not first film ever, but her first big film was Alien. So, I'm assuming. Yeah, they first worked. Oh, so I bet you were quite happy then when when she returned to play Kerry because she's but now basically. Did got she a... really return though? Do you know what I mean? It's not like in the first film where she was in it as, as an actress. She's as an actress, though, isn't she? Voice acting though, is it? I don't think. I it's think as it's big still. I think it's still quite difficult. I think when you. Oh, like... there's a skill for sure. There's yeah. there's skill to it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's like not impressive. I just think I wouldn't see it as much as like. Oh, you never guess who's in. Yeah. I don't really get that with animation. Films. I don't See, really again, get. Like, oh, this... you'll never guess who's in this. Like Kate Winslet uh, was the voice actress for the the tribesman's wife. Yeah, D- didn't didn't no. really make. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. Oh, Kate Winslet's in it. Uh, but I think. This, but I think know? she didn't have. She didn't have that much to do in this film. Just a bit of side boob. Just a bit of side boob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was there just for. Um... Oh, I can't do it. Can't. <laughs> anyway, th- Ollie's third question. The film is obviously done really well box office wise, but that is to do with the fact that it's the sequel and the first one did so well, so people still want to see the second one. I think it did get away with lack of storyline with its pretty spectacular visuals. I saw it in 3D and it was pretty special, I thought. Um, Now, I don't think they will get away with it with the next potential... Well, I think it's the there's three more to come out. What do you think they have to do in the next three to really make people still care about the series? Because obviously there's so many fantasy-based stuff now. I know Avatar is one of the biggest ones, but what do you think they have to do in the next sequels to really capture people's imaginations? Interesting. I think we've... A good we've, question. We've, pre- yeah. we've I mean, we touched upon on this uh, start, I think, quite a bit. We chatted about we chatted about being three D and what they need to do to kind of captivate and what they've done in this film to bring the audiences back over the first film. Um, I don't know. I guess this probably does draw it to a close, doesn't it? If we sort of say what we want from the next few films and what what James Cameron can do to kind of cement his big budget blockbuster. Mm. Yeah. Can I start a, a plot? Sorry, <laughs> go on. No, you can't. You start. All I was going to say is. They need to kill off Colonel Watson's They're not going to kill him off. But, okay, they need to not try and kill him off then. 
if at, at least his character needs to change basically either don't kill him off at all or stop trying to kill him off and then him magically coming back to life do you think he'd do a bit Talk, you can't have the guy come back two times two times he's died in both films and he's come back no he's still alive this one that's what I mean he yeah. died in the first one and he died in this one no no he's still alive in this one but he basically died didn't he no, it was only because Spider was, came back yeah, and he was, was like he, oh, oh I see. you know what I mean like, he saved he's, he's he, he, yeah, he, yeah he's Sam, still away, but he okay. flew off though on his uh, bird didn't Jake he? Sully basically has killed him twice yeah. in, in effect and he's come back Jake twice. Sully believes that he's dead yeah again 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 and it's like Come on, like, mm. why is he? So, is he really that important of a character? I personally don't like him as a character. I think no. he's just really. He's not even as a villain. He doesn't. He just annoys me. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't bring any like real threat. To be honest, because you know, as soon as he's one v one with Jake Sully or anyone else, he's like done for. He's basically just a big like. He's just an he's given, inconvenience, he, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he doesn't really develop any of the story. He's just like the grunt that's in charge of everything and is just the muscle behind it all, but really is just a character that needs to... Interesting, because the, the army don't really do a lot in this film, do they? Like, they're there, and they said they've achieved more than they've achieved in the last two years, and they've done it the whole first time that they were on Pandora. Hmm. They've built, like, way beyond what they built during the first time they tried coming to this... A planet but other than that they don't really do a lot mm. and it's all really centered around the colonel yeah as a main villain and we don't actually get like that much yeah because that's from the army because we see like that big facility where yeah the first land and we have to see like the train network and all this sort of stuff but then it never sort of comes back up so i wonder whether or not in future different future films you know there'll be a bit more about what base camp is yeah doing damage wise um how can they? How can they make that different than just another private organization coming mm. to that planet for know. resources? I actually don't know where I could see the next film going without it feeling, feeling like another repeat. Because it feels like it's like Sky People and Navi are hitting each other, then and going away. Then yeah. the second film they hit each other and then they go away. Is this just going to keep happening every film that the yeah. Sky People and the Navi are just going to keep like mm. having to fight? The only way I can kind of see it is that the planet actually turns. And actually, we start seeing like big shifts in environmental like effect. Like you know, say it is set in the fire world or whatever. Mm. And actually, what's what's the kind of the 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 org- organism of the world? Awa. Awa. Is it a she or he or it or whatever? Anyway, that basically fights back and like just starts just sending the world crazy. Mm. And we start having like big volcanoes, mm. maybe big like tsunamis and stuff, and it actually forces both the Navi and the humans to almost join together to either seek refuge or whatever it might be. I don't know, but that's the mm. only way I can kind of see it changing in a significant way, other than just like you say, every film we have this like clash resolution and clash resolution end yeah. repeat all the time. But maybe that is what we're going to get, and maybe we're maybe we're stupid to think that we get anything other than that. But I, I I agree. I think I think my my view is is it's kind of like there just needs to be a change of formula. Yeah, mm. yeah. Either I mean they could even go. Oh, they're not going to go off planet, are they? But yeah, I mean it's. It, I mean I don't know. I don't know what people want from the next few films. Really, I mean, what would be nice if we had like a hardcore Avatar fan here that would be able to tell us what they want from it. Based on based on the last bit, I'm worried. I think, def- I think they would have left by now. So, 
I'm wide all if I want. Uh, um, do you I, think the humans are going to continue to be uh, sky people are going to continue to be a threat? Do you, yeah, like they have to be, don't they? Because what else? They're not going to let them like exist there. Do you think the colonel's going to end up becoming the side of? I the think he Pandora? might turn coat. Yeah, I think he. I think there's got there's got to be a big character shift with him because mm. otherwise, like you say, what the hell is he going to be doing for the next three, four films? He's got his son, quote unquote, son. Yeah. Is he yeah, gonna, like there's going to be some sort of something's going to happen with those two. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 my first thought, I was more worried about Spider being a turncoat. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was worried about. Well, going back to the human, I think there's every chance mm. that he could. I think there's every chance that he could. Mm. I think, especially when you see in films like <clears throat> such a definitive decision by a character, and you sort of think, well if they're that sure on it, they could easily change their mind sort of thing. And at the end of this film, he definitely chooses to side with the Na'vi mm. uh, rather than the humans. Mm. But yeah, with more involvement from his dad, then that could easily change. Like you say, he definitely tried to in this film. Didn't he? The, pro- the problem we have is that there's no real obvious roots for the story. We've, we've had two, we've show. had two, two films now that, you know, if we're all sort of in agreement with the first one being kind of an experiment and a bit of a, a trial film, if you if you will, mm. um, and then the second one. There's not really anything that grabs me in terms of like I'm really interested. The only one is Kiri with the her being that yeah. were kind of connection, but even that it doesn't really get me excited for the next film. There's nothing that when it ended I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens with X Y Z because they've kind of done the same thing twice with the the classic Hollywood thing of like a nice peaceful start. Um, a third party comes in and causes a bit of trouble. Then you've got the big battle and the comeuppance and then the kind of like cliffhanger ending. It's like a very cliche Hollywood storyline, isn't it? Where you're kind of setting up for the sequel. Yeah. But there's not, there's, there's not enough roots from the first film that have come through to the second one that could now go into the third one that, that brings that kind of excitement. I just don't, I can't, I can't see where they are trying to go. And it it makes it to me feel like it's going to be forced, whatever the next, sort of plot is going to be unless I've missed something and there's some connections that I haven't quite understood in the at film at the end of this but... film do they stay with the with the um, with, the, with that clan um, the water clan or do they or do they leave I don't think they leave do they they stay and I think so but, but he I know he offers him basically ref- permanent residence and he says you are one of us now because mm. his daughter and his and yeah, Jake Sully's yeah. son are like pretty close, so you'd imagine they're going to have some sort of like connection going forward. But yeah. again, you know, lost... talking about like we're we're yes. basing like a potential storyline on two teenage kids like mm. getting together. You know, um, so lost World when they bring the T Rex to to New York America, to New York. Yeah, do you think this could happen with this? They're going to bring the Navi to Earth. Could do, could do. So I mean, it's an option. I don't know why the Navi would ever want to leave, other than to be like, right, we've, or have we've to, had, they we've have had to it. Leave. Now you guys have attacked us twice. We're going to attack you. Nothing there. So what they're going to, how they're going to get there? What on their, on their boat, on those, on those birds, uh, on, crocodiles. <laughs> on those, on those crocodiles, life sea horses. <laughs> um, any, any final thoughts? No, I think it was. Um, I think it was quite interesting talking about a film rather than a series. Actually, it yeah. was. I think, I think it was. It, I think it was good well. to chat about a film that we're all kind of like on the fence with. Yeah. So I, I honestly, if I had to wrap this up, I didn't mind it as a film. I thought it was quite long. I thought the storyline was a bit bland and a bit, a bit repetitive. 
Um, I thought the middle section really slowed up and I lost interest quite a bit during that section. The start was 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 fairly interesting to me, like bringing us back to the Pandora, setting the characters back up. The last bit was obviously quite a lot of action, so that was quite enjoyable to watch. The CGI was was amazing to see in certain scenes. Um, I'll definitely watch the next one in the cinema as well. I think that's what James Cameron does this really well, is he gets people back to the cinema. I don't think there's one person that could say, I'll wait until this comes out on DVD. Or I'll wait until, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think this is a film to see in the cinema. And if he yeah. carries on making those films, I'm happy to to go and see them. Mm. And I, I won't charge you, mate. Shall we? A few times. Dan, thoughts? Um, no, I, I think I think I agree. Like, I'd still I'd still go and see the next one because it is, as we've touched on a couple of times, a spectacle. Um, the plot was a bit crap. Needs to do better, but it wouldn't. It doesn't stop me going and seeing the next one. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they do something a bit more interesting with it. But that's it from me. Ali, sure. I think I'm probably a bit more critical than than Ooh. you guys are. Which what, in life? maybe that's been obvious with all the things that I said in the last hour. But I w- I would watch the next one. But I feel like that's just falling into the trap of just like that's what they want is just people yeah. to be like, yeah, I'll go and see it. But I'm a bit like nonplussed by it to be honest because I don't think it's going to be long until other. So films... you are one person that would say, "I'll wait until this comes out on DVD." Then. Um. It is, it is a cinema film, like you say. Yeah. I think if I watched it at home, I'd be less, even yeah. less enthused. Than I, like if I'd watched this one at home, I'd, I'd have probably got a little bit bored during the middle. Mm. When you're at the cinema, you're sort of you, you're there. You've, got, you've, got, you've, got, you've got nowhere button. to go. Yeah, you're trapped. You've got the pause button at the yeah. fingertips. Um, I don't think it's going to be long until other films catch up that have a better storyline. Yeah. So to me, they've built this world, and it's very much you know one of the biggest worlds that's ever been built in in film. But much like with Marvel and all the other ones, I think it will get stale relatively quickly unless they do something big. Um, I'm not saying turn it into a superhero film, but if the next one, the trailer looks pretty similar to this one and a similar storyline, then I'm not going to go out of my way to to be like, oh, I need to see it, I need to see it. Yeah. Because um, I'm just, you know, I, I, I really don't think it will be long until other films will be as impressive as this. Technically. Technically. Right. Uh, yeah. Which I think is the big draw that this has at the moment. There's nothing else that has that sort of yeah. uh, detail. It's a weird one because, I mean, more and more people now are demanding more practical effects in movies. You know, Jurassic Park Dominion that came out last year, they spent more on practical effects than they did on CGI. Mm. Um, the new Christopher Nolan film, Oppenheimer, that's going for... They're going to try and recreate the nuclear bomb, which is going to be one of the biggest, most costly practical effects ever. Mm. So there is a real juxtaposition between, you know, do we keep on pushing technology or do we try and retain that that old cinema experience? Um, and I think there's there's groups of both, isn't there? Like always. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's hear it goes. But um, I think we'll, we'll draw it to a close there. Um, hopefully Ollie will be back with us next time we are potentially going to do Last of Us if we can mm. if we can catch up which we're all very excited for thank you very much for listening um, I have been James Marlowe and to my right I've been Ali Wilson and to my right I've been Tom Purchase thank you very much guys and we'll see you on the next one ta